Deep in the bowels of Moore Hall Podcast Room, two mild-mannered CM Life newspaper editors harbor an unknown power. With this power comes great responsibility. Hearken now your ears to the raving geeks! From Michigan University, this is Ben Solis. I am Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando in the house. How you doing these days? How's your weight? Better than dead, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And we are the Raving Geeks, back here again for another edition. Uh, we've got some exciting things to talk about. A lot of, lot of interesting things happening out there. Trailers galore. Yeah, almost too many to keep up with. Good Lord, we have been blessed with riches here. They really dropped out in the last week, the... Like the back in the last week, a couple of them came like within the same day. I was out of like, nowhere, yeah. They were like they were fighting each other for internet glory, man. Yeah. And uh, a few won, a few lost, but they were still intriguing to all of us. Uh, first up to bat here is Batman vs Superman, which is pretty epic. Um, I had the good fortune, ladies and gentlemen, to go see the trailer in the IMAX uh, presentation. It was about six minutes. I drove four hours round trip back to my hometown, Wayne County. I ain't going back to county, man. So <laughs> I ain't going back to county. How did uh, so? How did you hear about this? Well, okay, so there was um, there was kind of a, a little thing going around uh, on Zack Snyder's Twitter, but also it, it hit on my Dark Knight Rises community page, uh, which I admin on, and people said, "Go, go, go!" People, there's there's a there's a teaser for the trailer. It's coming soon because we had been. This kinda... is exclusive to this one location. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, it was all over the country. Okay, all over the country, any place that had an IMAX, a true IMAX. Or one of these like fake knockoff IMAXs, like you know, at AMC twenty and yada yada. Um, IMUX. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, they were all showing this thing, and um, they they promised it to be a fifteen minute presentation originally. That's what we had heard, um, and that there would be this trailer and then some extra footage. And Zack Snyder eventually said there'll be some swag there. We didn't know if there was going to be posters, T-shirts, whatever. The last time that this happened. Uh, was the Dark Knight Rises 10-minute preview, where you got to see the first 10 minutes of the movie. I went to that as well. Um, it was back when I lived home, so it was not that big of a trip. But I did get a shirt. It was pretty cool. It's like uh, the the chalk Batmans, yeah. you know, that they were drew in the movie. Mine was like the chalk Bane that they never used. Oh, that's cool. I don't yeah, think I've ever seen that. I wear, I'll wear it one of these days, but uh, it's kind of jacked up. They, they printed it wrong, so it's like off to the side. Uh, I'm constantly pulling on it like, weak. it's off on my right boob. When it should have been like my center boob. Yanking on you like that big hook yanking you off stage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is kind of a similar thing. And I, since I've got to continue these trends of me like just going to these things, I was like, oh, sweet. This is great. So we signed up for it. You could get uh, two passes, one pass with two, two people, admit two. Um, so I took a buddy of mine down, buddy of ours, uh, Adrian yep. Hedden, and uh, we hung out. It was only six minutes, man. We thought it would be longer. But it was really kind of cool because we showed up. Not that many people were there. And we got there like an hour early freaking out that there's going to be a line, that they wouldn't let certain people in even though they had tickets just because of capacity. Yeah. It was like, like at best, like 50 people. Really? So it was a pretty, pretty. And you were expecting like hundreds. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so pretty empty IMAX theater. So it was kind of like a really kind of exclusive engagement. And, um, as we're walking through this line, we go down there, they start handing out little vouchers to see the movie a week before it is released in theaters in general. So, I mean, as silly as it was to do a four-hour round trip back home, I'm going to see the movie for all y'all. Yeah, it pays off. So suck it. In the same theater? In the or same theater. Or just any IMAX? Or? Same theater with the same group of people. 
cool. it was really funny too because we were all cracking jokes and it's like the best thing about the fandom is that like you get certain pockets of them and they're just great and you know people back home in Wayne County not gonna talk crap about people here but I do know from my experience that the, the fan community in Wayne County is, is stellar especially in Detroit Ann Arbor things like that but uh, yeah it was really good times not only did we see the trailer twice they showed it on big IMAX screen but uh, I don't know if you guys out there had heard about this or not but there was one scene that they didn't have in the actual trailer uh, it leaked and Zack Snyder eventually had to just release this thing. Well, what was funny time. too is it leaked before because you were all jacked up to go on this, and you originally reached out to me, but I couldn't go. I had previous engagements. I tried to get him. So uh, tried to get him. I wasn't able to go, and I was pretty butthurt about it, man. My butt was pretty sore, and uh, your poopa. My poopa was. <laughs> your poopa. <laughs> we're not going there, but anyway. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So I was really upset about it, and then it leaked like two days before you went, and I was like so smug about it. Yeah. You, know? you <laughs> son of a. <laughs> you're gonna go down there for nothing, you fool. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. really adamant, too, because, I mean, remember, I was like, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to look at it at all. I'm going to save it for IMAX. And then, you know, these these schmucks in my group, uh, this Dark Knight Rises group that I got, all of them are just spoiler hounds to death. Everyone, like, screen capped every scene from that trailer. So by the time I, like, was scrolling through my news feed, I was like, dude, I've seen this whole thing. I'm just going to watch it. And I watched it. It blew my mind. And um, I kind of wish that I hadn't. You know, yeah. watched it beforehand, but they showed it twice, and it was just kind of cool. That being said, that leaked trailer that everybody has now seen, well, that's the officially leaked trailer even, um, has a snippet in it that isn't there. It's a, a native IMAX shot. It, cu- it filled out the entire IMAX screen, and it's Batman and Superman look running at each other. Oh, man. Yeah, full suit, full like full suit of armor. Batman's, yeah. Armor. It's got that kind of that same blue hue. You know, in, in the trailer, and we'll talk about it a little bit a little bit more in depth in a second, but there's that one scene in the trailer where he's standing there in like that kind of like like ruinous kind of like old like deteriorated hall or something like that. There's yeah. columns or something like that, and it's like got this kind of blue hue in it. Yeah. It looks like that room. Everything to this movie in Gotham, what I've seen of Gotham, has this like eerie blue hue to it. It's really cool. It looks like it's just constantly raining. I, it was described to me uh, as like it looks like Gotham hasn't seen the sun in like years. Yeah, no, it totally does. Which is totally the way that Zack Snyder would make it. Sure, you know. Have you ever seen a movie called Equilibrium before? Yeah, it looks Christian Bale. It, you know, like everything looks like real dark and like gloomy, it's like really that. Washed out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Can we talk about Equilibrium for a second? Equilibrium just to get was great, dude. I watched it once. Okay. And I was like, Just once. I watched, no, I've seen it twice, but the okay. first time I watched it, I was in like eighth grade and it was like, there's this movie where like you, they like suppress their emotions and they fight with something called the gun, the gun kata, which is like the cheesiest thing in the world, like but Kung also. Fu with guns. So it's like, you're like the you, most efficient way to like move your hands to like position the gun towards somebody to kill everybody. And also yeah. like to like maximum carnage. Yeah. Look, so I, I was in love with it when I first saw it and then I watched it again, like freshman year and I was like, this is the dumbest like it's pretty cheesy it's pretty stupid b movie there's like moments of it that are really cool but then like you're watching have you ever seen thx 1138 yeah it's like that without all the sci-fi yeah. and christian bale being movie. sean bean dies in it right he does yeah he does there's some epic poetry to it you know i guess a little bit it's like i could see why it appealed to me as like an eighth grader because it just wasn't very fleshed out the concata it was like the light it was like the corn of heavy metal movies if oh, that makes any sense. Oh, it's like the new metal of yeah, the new metal of sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, disgusting. But yeah, no. So um, that's what it kind of looks like, and it, it was just really epic to just see that because all of us who had seen it before, like our jaws just collectively dropped, 
as soon as that there was this extra scene in it, we're like, whoa, what the f- what's, what's happening? You know, because most people had probably seen the leaked one. By oh that point. yeah, Nobody surely could really keep their you know keep their hands off it for that long. Almost everybody, and so we saw this. We're like, wow, this is really gonna be no holds bar with this one. So now that we guys know that I'm you know probably cooler than most of you, <laughs> okay. um, what you what you think of the trailer? What what did you like about it? What were you surprised about? Well, um, so the first half of the trailer, I was kind of turned off. Okay. Really? The, just like the slow zoom? Well, not by like cinematography, just by kind of like theme. So we knew that this movie was going to be about uh, Superman being alienated, literally as an alien who's like got these godlike powers. And, you know, there was the Christian kind of imagery, the, the Jesus figure stuff, the the worship as a, as a god uh, among men kind of thing that was going on in the first movie. And this looks like it's going to be amped up a lot. And while I think that's really interesting, I don't really like that. I don't think that's true to Superman's character. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's kind of like a misinterpretation. And maybe that's like part of the movie. You know, Superman's obviously not trying to propagate this, you know, vision of himself or image of himself. Well, he's not, um, he's not like, he's not taking the characterization of the, like that injustice Superman. Yeah. Where he really truly believes that. He clearly doesn't, but. Right. Which, I mean, so I think he's going to be fighting against that. So maybe that'll have some kind of presence. But just kind of like this global response. I, I just, I don't really like how grounded in reality Superman kind of is, which I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I just have to kind of choke that up to get through the movie. So uh, that kind of initial stuff with like the. Uh, voiceover and everything was okay. I thought it was kind of ham-fisted. It was a little bit too much on the nose. Um, they all seemed like really kind of cheesy lines, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and I heard, like, whoever the voice of uh, Mrs. Incredible in The Incredibles, do you remember? Like, what oh, she Holly Hunter? Like? Yeah, she's very, got a very distinctive voice. Yeah, is she's she in a, this movie? What she's is she? a senator. Okay, yeah. Like, very anti-Superman. Yeah, and I was just thinking of Miss Incredible this entire time, <laughs> and I was like, you went back on, you know, what you were saying in the beginning of that movie. You hate everything you were. Yeah, exactly. You betrayed us. Yeah. Um, but then that said, when Batman showed up, and for whatever reservations you may have had of Ben Affleck as Batman, when there's just, like, that line about the rage, and you just see him, like, staring at the bat suit. Like, hyperventilating almost. And he's point. just, like, seething, just like a force of nature, which I had said, you know, on this podcast before was always my favorite version of Batman, was just like this. Frank Miller's force of nature Batman. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like this unstoppable, like angry machine of a man you know and that's what this kind of looks like so i thought he looked great um in in, 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 and out of the suit in and out of the suit exactly yeah well put the suit looked awesome the suit looked great amazing um both of these suits are kind of like a better better designed version of like the suits that we had before with like the super defined muscles Mm -hmm. that were like built into the suit yeah so i don't really know how i feel about that i would have liked it that he was bulkier himself but when he's in the suit, it looks like like tight pajamas over a super ripped yeah. guy, which is how they looked in the comics. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then just that line at the end, man, with like, I don't. What do you feel about like the the mechanized uh, uh, Batman voice while he's in the? the I, suit? I thought it was fine, and that's a lot. Of, some people uh, were just thought it was like kind of weird. A lot of, I think one of the comments I read is like, why does why does Ben Affleck have an auto tune on his voice? He's wearing a mech suit, man. Yeah, like come on, put two and two together. Guys. I thought it was sometimes Zack Snyder does things just for the sake of badassery. Yeah, and I think this course. is in that you know <laughs> what sorcery is this? Just to give him like a super like deep mechanized voice. Yeah. Do you bleed? Yeah. I mean that. Okay, so <laughs> that that whole sequence. Um, Let's let's take a step back here. So you got anything anything else? Because I'm gonna launch with my stuff. Yeah, I mean we can go like shot by shot breakdown, but just like just general kind of impressions. That's the way I felt about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's gonna be really entertaining. 
but again, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel 100% yet. Sure, and then that's, other, that's the beauty about this being a teaser trailer, is that one, it, I don't think it showed too much. Yeah. You know, it gave you just enough to be like, okay, this is the world that exists now. I, I think it was great for tone. It really established what the tone of this movie is going to be like. And that was a big, kind of the state of the world. That was a big question mark, man. True. People were yeah. really, really freaked out about that. So my, my impression of this thing was, I mean, that whole first half, I actually really enjoyed that. I, it's kind of, it is typical. We all kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Because, I mean, how, where else are you going to go with this? You know what I mean? They've already established that, like, he's going to be somewhat maligned, you know? Everybody in the un- in the universe who saw that movie didn't like the fact that he didn't save all these people, that he destroyed an entire city, which is a, a goofy argument. But it's funny how that like is now transpiring all like in the actual world of this film. Right. You know, um, it's a weird setup. I honestly thought it was really kind of cool, and not only just from like the thematic elements of it, because I saw that coming a yeah. mile away. Narratively, it's a logical. Sure. Uh, you know, advancing of the beginning, you know, the other plot of the movie. So, yeah, and I agree with you that it, it's, like, almost too logical. Well, what I think my problem is my being upset with that in this movie is mm-hmm. just a carryover of me being upset with that in Man of Steel, honestly. <laughs> sure. Like, I'm still not over it. Sure. I think this is going to help you get over it, and this, this is my reason why, is that even without the thematic stuff, one of the best things that I liked about Snyder in general, and a lot of people are disagree with me with this. I actually had a conversation with somebody about this today that he doesn't do a very good job of this, but... I think that Snyder is one of the best people at building worlds in which things exist in. Now, the counter to that is that, like, you know, they're, like, flashy and they're nice to look at. Yeah. But they often don't have much soul to them. And I get that criticism. A lot of criticism for Watchmen was that it looked like the comic books, but it didn't feel like... New York City in 1984 in this alternate reality. Yeah, it It was just like like... It was like almost like Marvel's alternate version of New York... Where it's not really New York, but it's just some other place. Well, it just felt very modern, too. It did, too. Well, it lacked a lot of the cool stuff, like the Space Age, like, cars, you know, their cigarettes that were, like, all Space Age, too. Yeah. Everything. But um, when I saw this, you know, we know we know that Chicago is Metropolis, right? Because we know that's where they filmed the first one. All the skyline is Chicago. But uh, just that kind of that zoom in to this dark statue, like clearly this kind of like ground zero where there was one city, yeah. and now there's nothing there. And there's like all these just like kind of like buildings in the background. It's almost like it's like, okay, this this is this world. This is this world now. It was the normal universe. It was Earth for a second ago. Now everything is different. Everything has changed. And I really like that because even that just one shot just kind of thematically even just showed like how different everything is going to be now. Yeah. Man of Steel always to me, and David Goyer said this too, and I liked how he said this, despite David Goyer being what he is, is that Man of Steel is not so much a Superman movie, it's almost like a first contact movie. It's about how is the world going to deal with the fact that there's now an alien living on this planet. Which I would counter... Superman being an alien is like the least interesting part of his backstory sure, to me whatsoever. Sure. Absolutely. And that that's it was a weird take and I think that's why like the first part of that movie was cool and it's so sci-fi, but it's, after that it just got kind of like lame. It's like in the same way that like you have a Peter a Spider-Man movie where it's like what happens to a person when he's like injected with radio, you know, a radioactive spider. I don't really care about the source of the powers, you know. The yeah. the interesting part is, like, the way that he solves problems. Yeah, the dynamics of his day-to-day life, yeah. Yeah, and I like, you know, wh- the way you just described how everything's going to be different. You know, that is actually pretty exciting because we're going to see something new. But, yeah. um, you know, 
if you have the parallel of so Detroit is Gotham City, right? Yeah, which was a fine choice. Which is right. It's great. But I would say that the parallel to that is like you need some kind of like New York City or like maybe even something else like like, LA like or a Dubai like or like an LA or sure, something yeah, to yeah. be Metropolis. It, Much not more lush not Chicago because like... Metropolis has always been like the the city of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's like this kind of idealized uh, city. Chicago, I mean, is basically the same vein as Detroit. You know, yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, you always see Metropolis in the sunlight. There's always like golden rays coming down. It's where Superman is, this man who is beyond a man. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, uh, Gotham City is always in darkness. It's always, you know, it's where the guy in the bat suits in the muck punching people sure. and stuff. And I would say Grant Morrison uh, described it to me, not personally. <laughs> Grant I Morrison to, came to me in a dream. I like and to think that he was a bald Scottish son of a. Yeah. He was uh, he was speaking on a podcast, actually the Nerdist podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to that with Chris Hardwick. And once in a while, yeah. Generally, I hate Chris Hardwick, but I, every once in a while, when somebody like that's on there, I listen. He did one with uh, Brian Michael Bendis okay. too, which was really cool. interesting. But um, about the only reason why I like Marvel comic books these days, <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis, the man is a genius. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah. he's he built all that Ultimate stuff, which yep. I love so much. But uh, anyway. Morrison was talking with Hardwick about kind of like this new kind of gritty uh, DC universe that was being built. And Morrison, you know, the guy who wrote All-Star Superman, which is like this very um, fine mythological fine. Oh, take, yeah. I would say, um, of Superman, um, you know, was so against it. And he kind of explained it this way. You know, Superman isn't like – he isn't meant to be put in a reality, in a context that like makes sense for us logically in like everyday life you know superman exists to kind of solve the problems that we can't solve Mm -hmm. and he exists to kind of solve things in the dream world and like take on these bigger more like uh grander social and like global problems that you you know me and you as a person will never be able to tackle Mm -hmm. if you kind of put him if you ground him in a reality like that it kind of takes away yeah it kind of takes away he just becomes like another super powered person instead of like this idealized superman you know what i mean and see that's an interesting point that you mentioned that because as as much as you don't think that that's where that's going i mean to me just even just that whole like ethos of that first part of that trailer totally takes him away from being okay he was an alien visiting the planet it's a first contact story now this is a story of what would happen if we met God true and what would that be like how twisted would our perception of what I mean and you bring up the Jesus story right one of the greatest things I think is like the most the biggest irony of the whole Jesus story is that you look back on it right you know the Jews for years wanted a savior and they wanted some warrior who was going to kick the ever-living crap out of the Roman Empire, right? That's what they thought. They were going to come in on a white horse, guns blazing, go to balls of the wall. Dude comes in on a mule with some palm leaves, hippy-dippy crap. That is some disappointing you know, Jesus. Some, some Manson family crap. Yeah. And it was like, well, what's this? And then they killed him for it, right? Yeah. They immediately went against him because it wasn't what their perception of God was or their Savior was going to be. And to me, that is exactly what this trailer, like, completely... Gritty, gritty Jesus reboot. Is what <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Jesus, Jesus Judgment Day Jesus Part reloaded. 2. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to be pretty pleased with where this is going. Yeah. Um... I don't know though. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of kind of mixed feelings. About yeah, because so. I know people who like hate the Affleck thing and like saw the Superman parts and was like, yes, this is exactly what I want now. And the Affleck thing didn't resonate with them. I agree with you. As soon as it flipped over to that Affleck thing, I was like, yes, because you know me, I've been going through this kind of metamorphosis myself. Of like, 
I hate Affleck. Why did they do this? To like, okay, he's gonna be good. To like, dude, hail Affleck, hail Batfleck. Oh yeah, totally. I'm, on, I'm completely on board with totally with on board Affleck. with Batfleck. The <clears throat> Raven Geeks are on board with the Batfleck. If you don't yep. like it, well, um, you're not cool. Simple, so, simple as that. So it's been written. Simple as that. Boom, right but there. Yeah, he he looks the part. Hit that rage and that Jeremy Irons line that's over it. That who? God, what a fitting successor to Michael Caine's Alfred. Yeah. Then Jeremy freaking Irons, man. That line is just so haunting. And the cool thing is too is that like on first glance, right? You think that that's just like a harken back to Bruce's experience, right? remembering his parents dying, the reason why he became Batman. But it's almost very weird that, like, he's, like, now this, like, cultural icon. He's this urban legend that people respect. He's not maligned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming out of the shadows to beat something that humanity views as evil, that he himself views as evil. It's like that line isn't talking about him. It's, like, talking about his own fear as, like, becoming a human again, Mm. you know? That's interesting. Yeah, think about what you're about to do, Bruce. You know what I mean? Your fear and powerlessness drove you on a mad crusade for years that got your friends killed, that got your family killed, and look what it got you. You're lonely and alone now, right? Now you're going to go up against this godlike figure? What's that going to bring you? And I feel like that's what that line is saying. That's it's, like, it's infinitely almost like a caution, cautionary tale to Bruce. That is know? infinitely more interesting to me than the Superman component of it. I do. I think easily. so, too. I, I think the most delicate part of this movie and what's really going to sell this movie for me and maybe a lot of people, too, yeah. is the way that they handle that conflict mm-hmm. and how that dynamic comes about. Because if it's something as simple as, like, he signs up to help the government take him down or something like that, or, like, Lex Luthor, well, like, just, tricks it him. It just flips it's stupid. Dark Knight Returns, right? Right. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure how they're going to execute that right now. And I don't, and that's the thing is I think that my, my biggest thing that I got away from all this and just seeing Zack Snyder talk about it, like, Chris Nolan would have never done this. You know, he would have never introduced the trailer part of it. He would have never given us free passes to see the movie beforehand. Yeah. He's like, you, you, you assholes got to pay. <laughs> you got to see it on opening day. Um, you know, this guy is deeply a fan, way more than a fan than Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan understood the psychology behind, you know, a man trying to be something greater than himself. And that was the story of the Dark Knight trilogy and the story of Man of Steel, pretty much. You know, Snyder understands these characters at their core and is just going to give you Batman and Superman without any of that. You know, he's going to give the fans what he wants, I think, finally. It's good in good hands. I'm very happy. Cool. Yep. So, cheers to that. Well, I guess we'll talk about this uh, as soon as things get rolling. I know we want to talk about some other things about it, the suits, whatever, but uh, we got some bigger fish to fry. Mm. Some some galactic-sized fish. Galactic-sized fish. Ladies and gentlemen, the reviews are in. Some of them, early ones, on Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. They're mixed. They are very mixed. I read one very positive review from Comics Alliance, which mm-hmm. said that this is kind of the best cap it could be to the Phase 2. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of done everything that we kind of seen in this trailer where they, they build on these, like, brief little character moments and give everybody a little arc and everyone gets attention. And, you know, it was great. And then I read another review that said it's very bloated, that a lot of these little moments lack any kind of depth. That there's not a very much satisfying conclusion because they're setting up these plot lines for Phase Three. It doesn't feel like a uh, like a proper conclusion. Yeah, I'd also heard, seen it described on toplessrobot.com as <laughs> kind of love the name of that website. Yeah, uh, as, don't get me started on uh, Android and human relations. No, right? well at least there wasn't bottomless robot, Ooh, oh just boy. topless. Oh boy. Um, said that it was the Iron Man Two of Avengers movies. That's rough. At least it was the Iron Man Three. 
That would have been terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I like Iron Man 3 better than Iron Man 2. The one that I was reading that I shared with you before we started this was uh, from Forbes. And usually, I mean, like, Forbes's superhero reviews and their kind of, like, rumor news is kind of really of a mixed bag because you get, like, the sense that, like, the guy who's writing it, like, really wants to nerd out, but he knows that he's pandering to, like, Fortune 500 companies who read Forbes. It's a weird choice to have those kind of reviews Yeah, because they know that it's good money, right? So True. they're like, I wonder how this is doing these days. I wonder what the profits on superhero movies is. Yeah. That's my uh, white Fortune 500 company CEO voice. That wasn't very good. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of lame. But, uh, yeah, this one is awful. What was, what, was the, uh, what was the title on this one? Headline. Age of Ultron is a Galactus-sized disappointment. Wow. That's Which a, really bums me out, man, because, like, everything that I've seen so far has been, like, fantastic. And, like, every interview that I've read, I'm, like, 100% on board with. And, like, yeah, seems like they're doing a great job with it. The first line of this thing says, Avengers Age of Ultron plays like an obligation, a box to be checked off on a list before all parties move on to things they really want to do. Wow. Which is sad because that's what I had thought all of the other movies were. Yeah. Iron Man 3 was a checkoff. Thor 2 was a checkoff. Just Winter Soldier was awesome. Along. But, like, those other two seem very much like, okay, got to get us two Avengers. Like, let's get through this crap movie. Yep. Wow. The situations that occur in this fantastical sequel are theoretically world-changing and should, the, uh, should be game-changing to the Marvel Universe. Yet, the implications are either ignored or tossed off as if it were another episode of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's mm. directly from Forbes writer, uh, what's this guy's name? Scott Mendelson. He's a contributor. You can follow him on Twitter and tell him that you hate him, if that's the case. <laughs> he could be correct. Because that's I a little I rough. don't know. Yeah, we have to see it That's still. really sad. Oh, man, that's sad. Well, we got about a week. We got uh, a week. A week, week and a little bit. Until it leaks, because it's coming out, like I mentioned to you, it's coming out in France and the UK on the 22nd and the 23rd of April. Well, that's that's basically today when this comes out tomorrow for us. Wow! So that's yeah. God, God, it's the twenty first already. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I'm gonna watch it beforehand though. That's the thing. I might do it. I might be tempted to do it. I just nah. You know me. I just you know. I know, but it's like a it's like an event, man. It is is the whole thing. Yeah. Whole other beast. You know what's funny too is that I'm I was way more invested in phase two than I was in phase one. So that would be kind of a anticlimactic send off. Yeah. Don't don't sit it. Don't, you know, watch it sitting in your house eating Cheetos with no pants on. I, mean, I don't come eat on. Cheetos, but there will be no pants. <laughs> yeah. I might go to the theater Seat with no pants. Seat in the theater with no pants eating yeah, Cheetos. Come exactly. on. Exactly. David Letterman would be proud. That's right. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. Does that does that does does any of that change your perception of you wanting to go see this? No. No? No. You're still all in, huh? They could say Avengers Age of Ultron is a trick where once you walk in the movie theater, you're bludgeoned to death by the the studio executives. <laughs> and I would, the Fantastic Four. I would probably still go see it. Like... Disney beat me over the head. It was the greatest experience of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's really weird. But uh, all that being said, I think that the biggest thing that has made fanboys and fangirls uh, whiz in their pants, cry like little babies, and uh, think they're lucky stars was that beautiful, beautiful Star Wars trailer that we got. That Star Wars trailer certainly wet my willy. Oh, God. And that came out on the same day. Yeah. As, as Batman I watched Superman. them like back to back too it was no comparison although I gotta say I was much more amped for the Star Wars one I hit, stood up I was sitting in my cubicle at work and I stood up and like screamed <laughs> yes. I didn't even like know what to say yeah. oh man couldn't handle it man it was great and that's the cool thing about that is that that voiceover I didn't realize that was Mark Hamill until like near the end of the like his little monologue oh yeah it's pulled right from Return of the Jedi I'm just like wow 
That was so great, too, because, like, a lot of what we've been seeing with this J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie is that it's taking, like, old ideas and, like, old things that were in the original trilogy and kind of, like, subverting them, put, mm-hmm. changing them, like, ever so slightly. Like, they're, you're on Tatooine, but it's, like, not quite the same. And, like, there are stormtroopers, but, like, one of them is, you know, going to be a main character, and he's, like, kind of skeptical and, like, you know... Luke's in it, but he's like not really in it, and it's like this hero's journey, but it's like a reversed hero's journey, and it's like it's like he's trying to get away from it all, yeah, yeah, which is which is great. So like the way that they present this tra- trailer with like this you know great monologue from Mark Hamill, uh, and then all of these new images, I thought was a brilliant move. What did you? Okay, so let's we'll walk through the, this this trailer, right? There's yeah. there's this voiceover that's going on. Meanwhile, it's showing snippets of Tatooine. It's showing the main female character, um, which is supposedly supposed to be. We're, we're guessing is Han and Leia's daughter. Yeah, I think that's some of the rumors that are about. Might have been, but there's a giant star destroyer crashed in Tatooine. Which is really cool. That was so which cool. Was epic. As soon as yeah. I saw that, I was like, yes, that yeah. is great. The uh, I just had a light. Oh god, light bulb. <laughs> um, that the 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 shot with Vader's helmet. Yeah. That was convoluted, because he burned. Vader it, it was kind of, of his it, it looked kind of melted, like it looked like it was a little jacked up, I guess. Not but really. like I, he he melt or he melted, he, he burned him God. on uh, Endor. So where wherever Luke is now, he must have like taken the body or something, or like at least the helmet, or maybe somebody else is coming across the helmet. So you're gonna make a funeral pyre, right? Yeah, which is supposed to burn everything but right. the bones. Sure, right. But it looks like this thing had been deteriorating, like almost kind of mummified. So you're telling me that Luke grabbed the the rotted remains, rotted smoking remains of his father, and as carried like, around with him as like juicy space. David Prowse head stuff came. Yeah, out I don't, of it. I don't, I don't get into that. Yeah, that was a little much of a stretch. I don't understand what that was all about. Yeah, yeah. that was silly. Um, you know what's funny too, because like everything in that trailer. Remember we were talking about this, this, this the the leak rumor about yeah. the trailer. It was basically everything that that rumor had said too. Pretty much, yeah. Which is kind of crazy. It and was more. It was much more thrilling than I think it will be read. Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. The the connection between like the new kind of Sith guy mm-hmm. with the mask and like the remnant of the Empire is a lot more connected now than I think I had, and maybe you. I'm not sure how originally thought it was going to be. Me too. I thought he was like some rogue. Yeah, he seemed like he was some kind of like wandering Sith. Yeah. Uh, but now it seems like he's either leading or he's like a general or like some kind of like stooge yeah. for whatever Imperial remnant there is. And I've, I've read some things that there's, like, some kind of galactic Cold War going on now, mm-hmm. like, basically at the end of... And, you know, we would always, like, joke to, like, you blew up the second Death Star and you killed the Emperor. Okay, there's still, like, an entire galactic infrastructure of the sure. Empire everywhere. They're just going to replace them. They're going to move the next person up. Yeah, so it looks like I'll they're kind of thrown in the white flags. Like, well, guys, uh, we can't build a third Death Star, so <laughs> yeah. we just got to end this now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that. It kind of minimizes some of the... Uh, impact of like what Luke and the Rebel Alliance did. I mean, they still basically won. It looks like they're probably more in control of this galaxy yeah. than they're not. But uh, I mean, it looks like we have a very broken Luke right now, anyway. Yeah. And no C three PO. No. No. No C three PO shown whatsoever. No. Which I don't know. Was Anthony Daniels signed on for this? I thought he was involved. I don't really know. To Dude, tell you the truth, honestly, I hate C three PO. I think we've had this discussion before. I know a lot of people who hate C three PO. I hate him. He's the worst part He's of, kind every, of a douche, every one man. of those movies. He's always so 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 snarky. Like we get it. You're a smart droid. You can speak all these different languages. He right? didn't earn anything. He, what did what did he do that was substantial to the plot in like any of those movies? 
Not a damn thing. All he did was learn how to speak Ewok. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he helped him. But, but he, he was their leader for a minute. Yeah, he was king of Ewoks. King of king of Ewoks. Damn, should have left him there, man. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe they just left him there. <laughs> you know, this is really getting old. C three PO. We got. Yeah. You liked here. You got a good thing like set up. I mean, you speak so many languages. Yeah. Go talk to that tree. Maybe Chewie ripped him apart again. <laughs> Hopefully. You know what I mean. Which I gotta say, uh, was it? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, Harrison Ford looked much better as Han than I thought he was going to look. He looked a lot more healthy. Yeah. I thought he was going to look real like because he was a yeah. little chump. Nah, he looked a little frumpy in Indiana Jones. And this was a couple of years ago. It looks like he kind of got himself back in shape a little bit. Listen, man, you're playing hot. Enough of this crap. Yeah. Get on a treadmill. And he had he had the haircut and everything. Yeah. Everything good to go. So, um, but it was kind of funny that like Chewbacca just looked like completely the same. Like he didn't <laughs> have any gray, didn't thing, have any yeah. gray hairs or anything. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he looked exactly the same as when they showed him. You know, in, in the, the Clone Wars. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know, but I mean, I think. The coolest thing about it. Well, this is the speculation. Who do you think? Who was he talking to? Who was Mark Hamill talking to? Whoever, whoever this kind of new Jedi hero is going to be. So there are a couple of characters that we know are the protagonists. There's <laughs> the Prozacanist. <laughs> Prozacanist. Yeah. Wow, they're really happy, huh? There's uh, no more depression for these Jedi's. No, well, quite the opposite, probably over uh, the course of these movies. But yeah. there's kind of the black uh, stormtrooper who looks like he's a defector. It looks like there was some kind of like attack on a village, and that's what drove him to leave or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the female on Tatooine who maybe may not be Han and Leia's daughter, which would automatically make her force sensitive. Which would probably yeah. And it looked like when they were handing. Uh, Either, yeah, I think it was Luke's lightsaber, Luke's first lightsaber. It looked like a female's hand. It looked like a female's hand to me, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing, too, is that uh, someone brought up that the, the black stormtrooper was the one who's Force-sensitive. I don't, I don't so. buy that either. Maybe they both are. They could be both be Force-sensitive. That'd be kind of cool. His tale looks like much more of kind of a redemption from being in the Imperial Remnant yeah. to being a hero or something. It almost looks like his story is like more like Han Solo's story. True. You know what I mean? True. Kind of like a scummy guy trying to make amends. Yeah. Meanwhile, she is like the Tatooine yeah. living, which would be cool because, again, that's a, a way that they're playing with the old dynamic mm-hmm. of the, the original trilogy sure. in a new way. Sure. Um and there really hasn't been a prominent female Jedi in any of these movies. No. So that'd be kind of cool, actually. No, I mean, there was Leia, but, I mean, they, they made a, only made allusions to she her. She kind of got screwed over most of those. She didn't really get to do much. Yeah. Interesting, man. I mean, it's it's going to be a while. So when is that's coming out in December? This Christmas. That's coming out. So, okay, let's, let, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a step back here for a second. Yeah. We've got Star Wars and Christmas. We've got this whole big Marvel thing happening here pretty soon. Yeah. we got... Batman vs Superman coming out in March, so like literally like you know three months away after Christmas, we get that. After that, we get Civil War. I mean, there is no greater time to be alive than to be a geek right now. I don't know if I said this to you, but I said this to somebody after I watched the Star Wars trailer. Yeah. If I die before any of these movies come out, I will haunt the Earth forever. <laughs> I will. So I will screw. All I will be over. a. I will be a specter, a plague upon this land if I don't get to see any of those movies. Someone, someone was like, can I just put myself into a self-induced coma until, yeah. like, December? Can I go and cryo sleep for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I'll wake up. Yeah. That's wild. should try that. Uh, with so much news, my friend, I don't really have a recommendation. Really? Mm-mm. Well, a little bit. now that we're talking about Star Wars, I would like to recommend the new uh, 
Darth Vader solo comic series. Mm. There are three great comic series going on in the Star Wars universe right now. There's one, uh, Princess Leia, mm-hmm. where she actually gets to do some stuff. Where cool. we were talking earlier, she kind of got marginalized. She gets to like go off and have space adventures. Finally. There is also a Star Wars, it's called, which is just kind of the gang fighting in space adventures. Yeah, yeah. Swashbuckling <laughs> across the stars. The, g- the gang fights Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. God, Charlie. No. And then there's uh, Darth, this Darth Vader one, which is great because it really examines, like, Palpatine is just screwing with him constantly, and it's after uh, A New Hope, after the Death Star has been destroyed. And yeah. Palpatine's like, dude, you suck. Like, I'm going to find a new <laughs> Padawan, and you can, like... What is this, like, dude, where's my lightsaber? Yeah, basically. Come on. No, the dialogue's <laughs> actually really good. Yeah, I was going to imagine. <laughs> so he's kind of... Uh, Darth Vader's, like, plotting trying to figure out how to take down the Emperor, number one. Yeah. And then number two, make sure that he is still worthy of being alive. Uh, and what's great is right now, there's a run where he's kind of assembled his team. He's got a bounty hunter. Yeah, I did. I saw, I saw little snippets of this book, too, and it, was, uh, it looked interesting to me. He just went to Geonosis to kind of reignite some of the old uh, droid army that was there. Yeah. And before he goes, he enlists the uh, help of two assassin droids <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> One of them is a C-3PO-type robot, and the other is an R2-D2-type robot. Yeah. And they both are... Okay, so, you know how C-3PO specializes in over one million forms of communication? Yeah. Well, this one specializes in over one million forms of torture. Oh, wow. And he, and he calls, like, people meat bags, and it's, like, <laughs> coming from C-3PO. Crap. And then, meanwhile, R2-D2 is, like, this, like, walking tank. You know how, like, R2-D2 in the movies generally yeah. got, like, these little jet thingies and, like, sure, oil yeah. slick... Well, it's got like all kinds of weaponry involved. Yeah, because yeah. I saw, I saw like, yeah, <laughs> I actually saw this clip too. Yeah, I'm gonna see if we can get this up on the site. But this is them just like destroying a bunch of droids, and they're like the most delightful characters because they're just so sinisterly evil. Yeah, and it's it's really cool because it like there's a lot of hallback hallmarks like uh, hallbacks and <laughs> Anakin Skywalker before he became Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and it makes that transition a lot better than like the movies do. In my mind, there's like. Anakin, and then there's, like, Darth Vader. They're, like, two separate, completely separate characters. Like, I, I, they never really did a good job of showing how one transitioned into the other. Yeah. And they do a lot better of that. So what better way than to give him an R2-D2 and C-3PO counterpart that is, like, just as twisted and evil robots as he is that now? That's so cool. And it kind of looks like the droid that's on, um, on the, uh, what is it, the Jawa's, uh, little sand freighter? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that's kind of walking around? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, so it's delightful. Uh, it's on... Ep- episode it's on, uh, it's on issue, episode 17 issue number four right now <laughs> that's great yeah it is, so. you know the cool thing is too is that like all the convergence that's happening right is that like you know in the 70s and the 80s you got these really cool like movie comics now like the, the properties are just so intertwined with each other it's beautiful man i love i love what we do every single week when we talk about these things i bet a lot of people do well malachi i think it's about that time to sign off oh guys um if he's not going to make the announcement, I'm going to do it for him. Malachi has uh, joined our exclusive club, a club that I was involved in last uh, two semesters ago. Mariah was now. Mr. Malachi Barrett, also known as Marlon Brando, also known as Milton Bradley, is the new editor-in-chief of Central Michigan Life for the fall. Um, I'm really proud of him. He's a hell of a journalist, hell of a geek, <laughs> hell of a friend. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But uh, this kid's going to do a good job. Good things going on. We will continue to do the Raving Geeks. Wow. So Damn straight. We got two editors-in-chiefs that were the Raving Geeks now. Man, this thing is legit now. Very legit. No doubt. No Best doubt Best podcast in the entire universe. Yep. Especially at Central Michigan University. Absolutely. Got University of T. <laughs> yeah, right go. on. Well, it's going to be fun. Good, fun semester. We got, what, one more... Um, one more podcast after this, and it's done. Yeah, it looks like that's... Man, we're going to have to do some kind of big spectacular, like, I don't mm. know, get some kind of, like, local... Local celebrity. Authority on... Local nerd. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe, be... maybe a guy who owns a shop yeah, perhaps. in town. That would be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's I think there's some event coming up that mm. is kind of related to... Rhymes co- with free shmomic cook... Belay. <laughs> it looks like Islamic Cook Day. Yeah. <laughs> the free Islamic Cook Day. That's next week. That's the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. Only you can get free hummus from this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. We Next week, we are going to have Michael Schuler from uh, the Hall of Heroes, very uh, prolific member of the nerd community, coming in to talk about free comic book day, which is what? Next Saturday? Correct. That is the 2nd of May. Next Saturday. So it's going to be fun. We're going to write a little something, but we're going to have him coming in talking about free comic books. The uh, art of comic books, owning a shop. We're going to do a little interview with him and also kind of the pop culture of it all. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. He's a cool guy, too. Yeah. Really cool guy. Well, uh, thank you for listening again, always. You can always email us at news at cm-life.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Polar Barrett and then at Ben Solis1. And as always, check out to see if we're on uh, iTunes. We are. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Spoilers. And uh, we also have the thing streaming on the website. So until uh, next time, guys, same bat channel, same bat time, network. See you later.